Welcome to Metabytes Podcast. I am your host, Noelle. Thank you for joining us and our special guest experts from around the world as we discuss the latest happenings in the rapidly changing landscape of Web 3.0, Metaverse, Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, and NFTs. We keep it real, we keep it raw, and we keep it truthful. We dare to discuss the controversial topics that many will not even talk about. If you enjoy this episode, please be sure to send some love our way by leaving us a review, liking, and commenting on this episode. And if you share this episode on your own social media, be sure to tag us and we will repost you. Our DMs are always open. Welcome to Metabytes Podcast. This is episode 20. It is Wednesday, February 16, 2022. And I have a very, very special guest today, Eric LaPaglia. Wow. I just, first, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with me on Metabytes Podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I was honestly, uh, I was taken aback and honored that you would even extend the invitation. Oh, well, please. The honor is mine because, you know, I'm speaking to Eric right now. We are, there's going to be some really, really exciting information that we're going to go over because Eric is an expert in the space, in the NFT space, uh, investing, crypto, and he's really like, He's really like forging new ground within the space, uh, in the metaverse world and all of it, all the stuff we like to talk about in here. So I am going to quickly um, let Eric tell you just a little bit about himself. But first, I want to I want to know, like, Eric, how would you what titles would you give yourself if you were just like an elevator pitch? What would what would the main titles be? Well, let me back up. You said I'm an expert, and I think I am far from that. And I would actually challenge uh, most folks that I hear uh, claim that they're experts in this space. We are building quite literally on quicksand often uh, in the Web3 environment. And so things change so quickly um, and they move just rapidly. And so what's relevant today has a high propensity to not even be on the radar three months from now. So I just try and drink from a fire hose and keep up. Um, as far as the title, um, probably chief janitor. Like I like <laughs> to roll my sleeves up and do whatever it takes. And so I'm fortunate to get to work with so many different companies that I advise to in the space or projects that I'm involved with or a, a big event that I think we might get into a little bit later. Like I, I want to do it all. And my whole thesis in life, like my primary question that I ask myself is how can I add even more value to any given situation? So I just want to be able to do things and help people grow and foster exciting ecosystems for us to all play, thrive and learn in. Eric, I appreciate that. And I really love that you corrected me because you're right, right? You know, that we are all in a new territory. It's like the it's a new frontier. And um also, you're being humble, but you're right. Like, who's really an expert yet in this space? It's very difficult, but we there's definitely some people who know a lot more about what's going on than others. And I know for sure you're one of these people and you are just um, in, incredibly well-versed in this, in this new uh, 
new territory. So thank you for, you know, correcting that and clarifying that. Uh, but I want to ask you, you know, what, first of all, I want to just plug something because you are putting on a very big event, uh, an NFT event. Is that correct? Coming soon? Yeah. So we're very fortunate to be the kickoff event for Miami Tech Month. And so Miami NFT will be the first through the third um, at a very familiar location, although we can't quite announce it. If you were uh, around Bitcoin conference last year, you, you'll be very familiar with it. And that's like saying it without saying it. Um, but we're tracking for 5,000 plus attendees. Uh, we just here on Super Bowl Sunday announced Mark Cuban as one of our headliners. And we're going to announce uh, many, many more headliners in the coming days. Um, so stay tuned for that. And we're just we're super excited to be able to bring this to Miami. Um we believe right now that Miami is the epicenter of the Web3 world, and we want to do everything that we can to foster and grow that, Like, because this is not a one-time thing. This is the, a story that's going to play out um, for several years. Uh, we were sharing right before we got going that we're both from the Bay Area, and so for me, Miami right now is the closest that I ever felt to what being a kid in Palo Alto was. Like, I saw mm. my parents and my friend's parents growing and building and hiring and doing all of these amazing things. And I see that happening right now in Miami. And I attribute a lot of that, honestly, to the leadership of Mayor Suarez, Francis Suarez. This guy is amazing. Like, he planted the flag. He said, I am the crypto capital of the world. I am open for business. You guys come here and I will make this the most attractive environment in the entire globe to build those projects and ecosystems and companies right here in Miami. This is incredible, Eric. Uh, you know, because I agree, Miami's like the new, uh, it's the new tech, it, wouldn't it be ironic? Yeah. It's a new tech hub of the of the world. And I love it. I love it. I mean, because you're in Miami, I'm only 45 minutes up the road and I, I'm, I'm here for it. And I love I love seeing just these innovations happen here. Uh, but I, I wanted to also ask you uh, another question, because basically, um, you know, as your title is, let's just even though I know it's probably a, a play on words, but NFT evangelist uh, in your in your Instagram bio. What is, what got you into NFTs in the first place? What what was it that you saw that all these opportunities uh, when most people didn't even see that probably? Well, um, for me, it was probably close to two years or so ago. I was having a conversation with a dear friend and that spurred my interest. And then from there, you know that Gary Vee can't keep his mouth shut about NFTs, which is amazing <laughs> for the space. Right. And so that certainly caught my eye because I'm in a chat with him um, where he about three years ago started talking about sports cards and that really exploded in popularity. I'll be honest, he got me to buy a sports card for the first time in probably way too many decades. We won't insert that number, but it was a long time. Um, wow. Okay. So, so he con yeah. he convinced you like you got to buy a sports card. Now, we're, are we talking NFT version or like the real, an actual card? 
So to start, it was the real and actual card. And then he started talking in this chat about NFTs. And I'm like, huh. And then I saw a podcast with Mark Cuban when he was with the guys from Bankless. And this is when they were still very, very early and very, very small in their sub count. And he was saying that he was spending every waking hour focused on NFTs. And, I'm, you know, success leaves clues. And so if it's good yeah. enough for a multi-billionaire to be spending his time on, I, I thought I might start to pay attention. <laughs> and I did. And what really happened from there, too, is I know the pandemic has been such an awful thing for so many people. But in many ways, I believe that what's wrong is always available, but so is what's right. And yeah. so for what's right about the pandemic for me is it gave me the time that I wasn't bombarded by everything else that I could really do a deep dive into this. And then Clubhouse came in yeah. and there were a lot of rooms early on in Clubhouse talking about this. And it just, it got me excited and it was a jumping off point. And so from there, I bought my first NFT. What then was I that? Can I ask? Oh my God. Um, it was an embarrassing little frog project that did nothing, but that's not the point. No, um, it's not. It was, it's not. It, it was that it got me because whatever you pay for, you pay attention to. And so by spending a little ETH, it got me to look more and more at the space. Mm. And then I started doing like the rabbit hole of discord and mm -hmm. all of that good jazz. And from there, what happened is I had the good fortune to start to work on some projects. And one really big project was a celebrity drop and that got some notoriety. It also opened some doors for me in this space. And I was able to help some projects uh, with capital raises. I was helping, you know, from a marketing standpoint. And it really became this snowball effect where it, it was overwhelming. It was more than I could handle. And so I, I firmly believe there are only three ways that you can make money in this world. You either trade your time for money, you trade other people's time for money, or you trade a product or a service for money. So I started bringing people on for team so I could amplify uh, my utilization of time. And from there, it's all consuming. I actually, I had a real estate development company uh, in Washington, D.C., and I've ostensibly shuttered it for the reason that this is so much better. This is so lucrative. It's moving so fast and it's fun. It meets my elf criteria, which <laughs> a lot of people laugh at when I say that. Yeah. But elf means easy, lucrative and fun. And mm -hmm. it meets that criteria. And it's absolutely amazing. I love that. I love that you're saying that you're right up. You know, we're on the same wavelength, Eric, uh, because too many people are spending their hours during the day doing things they don't like, things they think they need to do, have to do uh, that they don't want to do. And, and then you look back after all and you look back over your life and you go, why did I waste five years? 10 years, 20 years doing something I don't like. If you can get involved in something that gets you excited, it's fun, it's new, it's challenging, it's interesting, it's different, it's ever evolving. Hey, that's what I personally love about this space. And it sounds like there's probably some of that in you as well. Uh, so well, let, let's, yeah. let's be real. We all have the same 1440 minutes every single day. And it's how we spend those that is our life. And I'm really hypersensitive to making sure that I squeeze as much juice out of this lemon as humanly possible. Oh, so true. So true. And you know, also, I don't know if this is it for you too, Eric, but the creativity in this space, in the NFT space, because it's so new, 
because people are learning, they're seeing all these different uses for NFTs, uh, and it's just going to keep involving, uh, evolving. It 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 leaves a, it leaves room for endless possibilities, in my opinion, which is why I like it because there's really no borders, there's no boundaries. You can, it's really endless and it's wide open. And and I really think we're just limited by our imagination right now as far as uh, when it when it comes to NFTs. In fact, Eric, you I know you know this is that last week the first home sold as an NFT and it was in Florida. It had over fifteen hundred bids. I Did know the market's it? hot, but that's it's not that hot. That's I mean, that's the power of this thing because through NFTs you can put it on offer to anyone. It's no longer physically like defined by oh, I'm looking Location. in this neighborhood. It's yeah. now it's an asset that I can own anywhere. And really this proof of ownership concept that can be established and, and facilitated through NFTs, that's the ball game for me. Like I love art-driven projects. I love some of the community-driven stuff right now. I think the future is really into this membership and utility side of the equation. But Mm. one thing we take for granted here, um, I would assume most of your listeners are in the U.S., in the United States, we take for granted proof of ownership. That Mm. is not a given in most countries in the Mm. world. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to have an NFT that's immutable and says, hey, this is mine, I own it, that's a game changer. And so I'm excited to see how that plays out around physical goods like real estate or heavy equipment or insert, you know, item here. It's that sort of utilization that I think is really going to be the paradigm shift. And it's honestly, I feel like it's going to change the way we do transactional business in any corner of the globe. I couldn't agree more. This is what's so exciting about this, right? Like, it 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 in on the one hand it's going to eliminate some some professions and yet not necessarily eliminate. I can but use it's less cost... lawyers in my life. That's not yeah. a problem for me. I can yeah. use way less lawyers in my yeah. life. Or it's just gonna it's gonna allow certain prof- professions to evolve and pivot and and really that cha- you know. Um, wherever you need a middleman, basically, you, you there people who are middlemen in their professions are going to have to pivot and start thinking outside the box. So potentially it, it, in real estate, tell me if I'm wrong, Eric, like I could see where there's no need for real estate agents per se, as we see them now, but they'll be more like used as a, um, as a, somebody with resources or somebody with as an with an expertise but not in the way they need to be involved in a transaction now because soon i can sell my house to you directly you can buy your house directly from me this is determined by the smart contract we write up but also what's exciting is if i write into that contract the smart contract that when you buy my home uh Every time that home changes hands again, I can write in whatever percentage I want to uh, get on that NFT home. Isn't that true? It is. So the royalty concept of smart contracting is really why creators are embracing it. And so with real estate, it is shifting. Uh, You're already seeing some of the more forward thinking companies like Compass and to a lesser degree Redfin look at how to utilize NFTs effectively. And from the municipality standpoint, I think that you're already seeing companies like 
um, solid blocks in Israel do it um, at a really, really high level. Um, but that takes appetite from the governments and the municipalities. And unfortunately, here in the U.S., what I think is going to have to happen, my hallucination around that, is it's going to take an incredibly well-funded startup to go to a large recorder of deeds like in L.A. or New York or Miami and say, we will digitize your entire recorder of deeds for no dollars, but we want a small piece of every transaction going forward. And once we do that, wow. that's where you're going to have that shift mm -hmm. and everything will be conducted that way. But the idea that a municipality is going to have the wherewithal or the creative vision to be able to do that, I that gives me pause. But I do think there's an opportunity for, you know, someone who's able to raise on that premise. They could do unbelievably well. Right. Oh, I love it. it you know, it's just it's fascinating. Just the fundraising aspect to all of this as well. Right. Like just how how NFTs are being used to raise funds for a project, a company, a um I mean, well, yeah, yeah, no, for me, like I come from like traditional finance background. And so uh, raising money or doing venture capital like that was the path that was, you know, uh, what was it uh, on uh, Mandalorian? They say this is the way that's what you were supposed to have to do. Now with NFTs, all of a sudden they're saying we don't need these guys. We can go direct foster a community and we can raise all the money that we need to be able to execute on these projects. Look at what Linksdow did like a month ago. They raised money and they're going to go out and buy a golf course. They didn't go to a bank to get that. They went to, you know, people who bought their NFTs. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Uh, so let's talk about NFTs a little more because I love this topic. I could go on and on. Let's just talk about OpenSea for a second if we can. Um, I'll ask you what you think. Uh, OpenSea basically, you know, I think they're the oldest platform or, or they've been at this the longest in the NFT platform space, I believe, 2017. Uh, their earnings are over $1 billion a week. Uh, there's a lot going on with OpenSea and I don't want to get sidetracked with all of that. But do you think that... As a, somebody who's beginning a project, would you recommend them launching it on a, a, a platform like OpenSea or minting on their own site, um, you know, out of OpenSea? Well, let's let's touch on a couple things about that. Um, okay. Revenue and earnings are two different things. So, yeah. Yeah. Their revenue right now, like last month, they eclipsed $5 billion in revenue. They actually just, just did a, a pretty significant fundraise. Um, they went the traditional venture route. Um, they raised at a valuation of $13.3 billion. I believe they raised $334 million, if I'm not mistaken. I will also just say, full disclosure, I'm a huge Devin and Alex fan, the co-founders. Mm. Um, Alexander, their global head of, uh, of partnerships, he and I work together on a bunch of different things. So mm. um, they, they have their place. Um, they're a reason that they're the leader right now. If I was launching a project though, I like having that sense of like community. And so I might have my own minting site and ultimately it will drive back and the collection will live on OpenSea regardless. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great way to still 
get the the top of mind awareness with your your community that you're building, having your own minting site, mm-hmm. um, and, and then still utilizing OpenSea to have your collection and for any of your secondary market activity. But I will just say they're really working hard to do some very very interesting things going forward. Oh yeah, and, and let's be real, this industry, not just OpenSea. We're running so quickly, like Mm -hmm. there are bound to be issues with functionality and uptime and all of that. Like those are Mm -hmm. the natural growing pains. Anytime you're building a plane and flying it at the same time, you're invariably going to come across issues. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Very true. Very true. Yeah, they have. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot going on with OpenSea lately with some of these, uh, I guess, vulnerabilities that in the in the in the platform and all sorts of things. No need to get into all that, but I, I love that, you know, the owners, this is exciting. I actually uh, just texting with Alex because uh, uh spoiler alert, I'm, I'm really twisting his arm to come down and speak at Miami NFT. Does he do any speaking? They do. They're good. I mean, they're really good guys. You know, now it's just, it's these crazy amount of inbounds. Like yeah. a year ago, they could have been anonymous and now it's insane. And um, that's really kind of the game changer as more and more eyeballs come into this space, it's only going to get more and more crazy. I think that when Coinbase launches sometime in April, that's going to be another inflection point that we're going to see like the second gap up of mm. users in the space. Cause what was their number last time they reported 4.6, 4.9 million on their whitelist? Like it's a big number. And so that's a lot yeah even if a small portion of those folks get involved that's going to be a massive like leg up for nfts as a whole right uh yeah i i totally agree it's really it's just fascinating to watch what's unfolding in real time before our eyes you know i what i love about um what you do too is you do something called minted on monday which i love it's like you do a weekly roundup of what's going on in NFTs. And uh, so, so tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, You know, what got you started doing that? Well, I I mean, just what I said, there's so much information. There's so many deals. There's so many interesting projects to track. I think it's just too much. I mean, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's great for the industry, but um, just as a lay person, it will melt their mind. Like they can't keep up with it possibly. And so I wanted to do something short that was able to give kind of like a highlight reel of what had transpired the week before. And so I post that to my uh, to my IG and it's gotten good traction and I've gotten really, really good feedback from not only folks who consume it, but even some of the projects that I've highlighted, they've DM me and been like, oh, that's awesome. Thanks so much for, you know, shouting us out. Oh, that's great. Well, at least they're acknowledging you because it takes work to put these together. You do a great job because you do the you do you take little video or animate, you know, you take video clips and you're putting it together. And I love that it goes fast. You're really covering a lot. Like you said, there's so much going on every week because we do this podcast and we go over the daily events and just in a day, in a 24 hour period, what transpires is is just mind boggling. So it can be very overwhelming for the average person. Um, but I love that you're doing this. It looks like you uh, did one a few days ago. Now, based on your weekly roundup, um, you you know, Gucci 
is in the metaverse now, right? Like, so you see all these brand names getting into the metaverse. Um, Only the start. Trust me, it's only the start. And so Gucci is actually an interesting one. Their first foray was they did $19 Gucci digital sneakers and they sold out in seconds. Mm. And then they did, you know, a couple of other collaborations, most notably recently with Janky and Super Plastic. That sold out in seconds and immediately the floor on that NFT, like, I don't know, 8x, 10x. I mean, it was quick and it it ran very, very quickly. And so now they bought this land. Um, and they're going to be part of a big sandbox fashion week. Like brands get it. Brands get that the future of interaction is as sticky as humanly possible. And so the idea that you're only going to have IRL or, you know, be in fashion magazines, it's antiquated. You need to be where the eyes are and the eyes are starting to go into these metaverses and into these web three applications and ecosystems. And like, they need to be there. 100 percent your online cloud is going to actually be more valuable than your in irl like you're saying in real life cloud it's going to be more important what is your avatar wearing as opposed to like what you're wearing you're you're at home in your pajamas but your avatar needs to look good (laughs) a hundred percent like yeah you don't want to see me right now but uh, my avatar my avatar game is strong And I love it. It's, it's just an, it's phenomenal. It's just, it's really, it's, it's just fascinating what's evolving, but I want to ask you another question. So, um, because you write about a lot, you know, you're really, really in on this. Um, what is, you know, you wrote about some trends, right. That you're, you're, you know, going through what is, what are some of your top trends to watch for now, right now? Like if, At- for, for a newbie. For newbie or something. Well, I mean, for a newbie, I think that I touched on it. Coinbase and the idea of like one or two clicks to be able to buy an NFT is going to be massive. Moonpay's got an NFT uh, product that will price in fiat, which I think, again, will be massive. Because when you talk about, oh, you have to connect a MetaMask or another wallet and this and that, like it just it's overwhelming for, for a noob. It um, is. It, it really is. is. Yeah. So I think that's going to be like at a macro trend, that's going to be very important. But if you touch on like NFT specifically, I fundamentally believe that 2022 is the year of the uh, women led NFT project. And mm. so you're already seeing that with like projects like, you know, Meta Angel or, you know, OGs in the space, what World of Women and Boss Beauties have been able to do. And now they're leveraging that or even younger creators in the space like, I love what Time did with Nyla, and I just had a friend, her daughter was 12 years old, and she had been building in Roblox for since she was nine and making money. She just did her first NFT drop. Like Those are the stories that I think are going to play out over the course of the year, even more in this space. And mm-hmm. just personally, I don't know if it's because I have four, four older sisters, and like I've always been a fierce proponent that... like we're all here on a level playing field. And unfortunately, I don't think historically that level playing field has always been offered to women um, that I'm super excited to see that uh, be talked about, forwarded, celebrated, and ultimately have them be successful. Oh, I love that, Eric. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really, I agree. We're on a level playing field. We're all the, we're, 
it may not seem like that it reflected in society a lot of times, but you know, we're all human. We're all the, we're, we're, we're equal. But so let's, let's, let me ask you something about uh, something fascinating to me, which is that when you're looking at NFTs, um, there's, there's so much going on. It's, it's, you've got, you've got wallets, you've got to figure out where, how you're going to purchase it. You, you've got to make sure you get in on a project on time before they sell out. Uh, you want to make a good investment, something that's going to hopefully go up in value or something that you can have for a while. Um, and then, and then maybe you can eventually sell it, uh, for, and for a profit. A lot of people are doing NFT flipping, um, which I'm not a huge fan of, but that is a thing, you know, as you know, people are flipping NFTs are getting in, they're getting out, they're trying to make a bunch of money. And then for a newbie, they might go on TikTok or Instagram and they'll see these, you know, 20 year olds <laughs> who are bragging about how much money they just made flipping NFTs. And that can be kind of dangerous, I think, to, to think that that's the norm. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, I always counsel people, buy what you like. Um, I will also just fully disclose, I have not yet ever sold an NFT, which has been, uh, wow. it's great. But also, I mean, I've been left holding a bag on things that mm -hmm. you know, maybe I should have sold. But mm -hmm. the reason I personally haven't sold is because I want, I, I, I'm in this for the long game. Like a short-term profit, yeah, flipping is great. And I met a young man. I was in LA for the Super Bowl and I met a young kid, a kid. He was 27 years old, but he just retired from corporate America because over the last year and change, he's been able to make enough money trading and being in projects that he now feels he's financially free. And that was a choice that he made. But just a story like that, that's amazing to me because let's be real, that doesn't happen in most places. And so the fact that NFTs are a vehicle to do that right now, like that's not to be dismissed. Like that's amazing that that's uh, available to them. Now, uh, again, like flipping and uh, you just, you have to do what you're comfortable with mm -hmm. is the bottom line. I personally, I look at this as a collection and I'm looking how I can, really, really invest into the space, not only my own personal capital, but my time capital, my relationship capital, to make this as big as humanly possible, as inclusive as humanly possible, mm -hmm. and as expansive as expansive is that it's not just this big behemoth that's only the insiders know about, that it's expansive, that it's available to someone in Kenya, that it's right. to someone in right. you know South America, down in Brazil, and they can get into this game and they can be able to create and earn. Um, one of the things I love most about Axie Infinity, mm. these guilds that have come up have been paradigm shifts for countries like the Philippines, where yeah. the average salary is $200 a month. And yeah. the average player on Axie Infinity can make $1,000 a month. That's like, right. That's this, real world change. It is. It, it, it. That's what excites me as well. It's it's an equal playing field, whereas the the barrier to entry in tip in traditional investing just a few years ago was usually out of reach of the average person, but now if you have a smartphone, you can be almost anywhere in the world, and have access to to currency. What Americans are unaware of 
is that in so many countries around the world, people don't even have access to banks. And, and we take this for granted, but it's, it's, it's a fact. So through cryptocurrency and like you said, play to earn gaming, uh, NFTs, it's giving all these opportunities to people who just didn't have any before. And that's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. It's important though, for people to research, you know, and like you said, Eric, it can be very overwhelming for the average person to just to decipher or between what's, what's good, what's bad, what's, a real project, We there's a whole new term floating around called rug pull, which has become like a, a common term now, which really means people getting into projects, NFT projects that are actually uh, not even real, but people think they're real because there's all these people in a Discord group or people piping it up online. What do you say about these types of projects? I think as the space matures, you're going to see that become less and less. But unfortunately, it is a reality right now. And that's why, you know, you'll see monikers DYOR, do your own research all the time because you have to. Um, Just because somebody has a splashy Discord number doesn't mean that it's necessarily real. Um, The other thing, too, like, unfortunately, if there can be the best of intentions, but there are still like outside factors and it just won't be a successful project. And I'm thinking specifically of one celebrity driven project where the team was on fire committed to make this thing a success. And unfortunately the celebrity just kind of like let it go by the wayside. And if you don't have their support, it kind of fizzles on its own. So there's a lot of different rugs right now in this space, but overall, I think that, it's really starting to tighten up. I, yeah. It's bad because like right now, I think there's still a lot of scams in Discord that aren't necessarily rugs, but more like phishing links where people have gotten burned. So anywhere that you're going to see this level of money and economic activity, you're always going to get nefarious players or people who just don't have great intention. And mm. it, it, it it's sad. Um, I'm an abundance guy. Like I firmly believe Mm -hmm. if somebody needs to steal a hundred bucks from me, like God bless them because I'm going to go make like 20 times that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's an unfortunate reality right now. And it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. I know of a couple of different projects and companies I'm tracking that are looking at like almost verification badges on projects Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. say that even if the guys or guys, and I use, I'm awful with this. Like I, that's okay. I, we you, but it. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause I say, cause I say folks, I say guys, I yeah. mean people um, yeah. that, um, that even if the people behind the project aren't docs, that they've done uh, research on the smart contract and they've to the best of the ability been able to verify that it's a real project. And then there would be some sort of like badge of honor on that to say that, Hey, this is endorsed by XYZ Corp, that this is a real project. And I think things like that, I think actually even there's a massive opportunity for traditional insurance in the space. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that, again, we are running so far, so fast, and 
a lot of people haven't really even looked at the space yet. That's the thing that you and I feel like we're probably late to the party, but mm. it is still so early. Yeah. There's still so many established pieces of like traditional infrastructure that will start to be brought to bear into the Web3 and NFT space that will actually be for the better. And so we just touched on a couple around like custody and insurance and things like that. But it's coming and it's going to be good for all of us because all ships benefit from rising tides. I agree. Very well put. Very, very well put. I want to ask you just a few more quick questions, which is, what do you think about these big projects as far as somebody's, somebody d- launches a project, 10,000 collection, 5,000 collection? Uh, do you think there's... Do you think that makes more sense in the long term? Because in the short term, in the short term, uh, with the right promotion, a 10,000 piece project can sell quickly, uh, depending who's behind it and the, the marketing budget, et cetera, uh, popularity. So it could sell out. But will it last? Will it last long term? What's the utility for that project? What's the real long-term value for that project or is it just hyped in the beginning do you think these ten thousand piece collections make sense long term or do you think that's kind of a fad and and collections will get smaller well i mean there's a barbell approach i think that there's always going to be a place for the bespoke like very small collection that gucci project um i referenced earlier they were 150 pieces for each one of their items. So talk about super curated. Mm. Um, on a macro level, I actually think some projects deserve to be larger than 10,000 pieces. But you touched on the magic word, like value. Like what mm-hmm. value are they bringing to the table? What utility? What real world access? Or what's a redeemable uh, you know, feature that I can go you know, down to my corner shop and redeem for real value, or it gets me into a party or a club or what have you. So that's really the thing that's going to be a driver. Um, Board Apes Club, you may have tracked this, may have not. They just raised at a $5 billion valuation outside capital. Um, and it's to drive value. I mean, you've heard that they're doing a token. Wait, you've heard sorry, Eric, I got to ask you, I got to, I got to have you say that again. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, the board. Wait. Got, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. But why, when they have already, this is confusing to me. I did. I actually did not know that. Why, when they've already earned so much money? Because they want to make it bigger. They want to make the idea of them bigger. So they're. I believe again. This is all what you hear. I don't think they've roadmap announced a lot of this stuff, but you hear they're bringing a token to ape holders. You hear that there's a game going to be brought to bear. Um, I certainly think there's an opportunity for merchandise, uh, apparel. I think that there really could be an appetite because it's gotten such a cult-like status. You could do some sort of uh, club in like New York, LA, something like that, where it's, you know, only ape holders or friends of ape holders who had access. So wow. I think they wanted capital to be able to build out these things. I'm sure you saw what Gary did, Gary Vaynerchuk with Flying Fish. He sold his tokens at three ETH a pop and it was simply access to this supper club, this 
uh, supper club that he's starting in New York. It wasn't, you're not getting free food or anything like that. It was just access for you and another person to be able to make a reservation at this place. It's just for the privilege of being able to make a reservation. Not even, like you said, not even free food. I love that. Not even, like not even a free drink, right? Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, look, I just pulled up really fast while we're talking about Board Ape Yacht Club. I figured I would pull this up for reference. So I have all time history. I'm on nonfungible.com. I love this site. It's really a good like, uh, they keep track of all these different NFT projects, numbers, etc. So they do you can look by um, all time sales, weekly sales, etc. They give you all sorts of different results. Um, and, and basically, uh, the, here's just some fa- some figures. Okay, all time sales history for board ape yacht club. For primary sales, we're at. Wait, let me let me get this. I don't know if these numbers are correct. I don't want to say the wrong numbers and be wrong. But when you said they just raised how much billion? How much? They raised at a five billion dollar valuation. I don't remember the exact number that they yeah. raised capital wise, but it was not an insignificant number. Okay, well that's that. It sounds probably accurate because. Just in secondary sales alone, Board Ape Yacht Club has done two and a half billion with a B dollars in in secondary sales. There and uh, you know I think that's a fascinating number, don't you think? And I guess it looks like they've done over two, yeah, two and a half billion in sales uh, and. Primary sales and then two and a half billion in secondary sales. That's a lot of money. So a five billion dollar valuation sounds pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the realm. Um, it's interesting to me that these projects are starting to look at like how they can build into IRL. How can they have brand extensions? How can they find like the right collaboration partners to work with to build value for their own community? These are honestly like traditional brands and companies that are being built through some of these projects. Um, So on the extreme, you have these rugs where unfortunately those communities aren't seeing a lot of value drive. But then you're seeing these other communities that are really looking to drive value to their community in any way, shape, form possible. Yeah, they're looking at the big picture long term. These are not fly by night operations. So this is fascinating to me. I mean, I could just go on and on and on talking to you about all of this stuff. You know, I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I would love to have you back on here again. I just feel like we didn't have enough time. And because you're such a um, powerful force in this space right now, you're really getting out there. You're speaking at events all over the world. Can you just give a little rundown to some of the events that you've been at and um, that you've been part of in the last year? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, that's I don't know that we have that much time. But uh, <laughs> at, a, at a high level, I was honored to join uh, the team over at NFT NYC being a speaker there. Um, I'm currently in East Denver. Um, and so I'll be here and I'm judging here, too, which is awesome. Uh, then from here, I fly out to the NBA All-Star Game and I'm speaking on a panel around the game about technology, sports and Web3. 
Then I fly to Dubai to speak at uh, Melanie Moore's uh, conference called Superverse, which I'm super excited about. Um, then I'm out in NFT or LA, NFT, NFT LA, I forget what they call it. Um, the Edge of NFT team is putting that on and I'm speaking and moderating there. Um, so that'll be a blast as well. And then, you know, the biggie that's coming up, which is Miami NFT. Um, so I will shamelessly plug that right now. You, you should. <laughs> is this your event is this your uh, personal event yeah i'm a co-founder of this event and so we've got a great team in place and uh just the fact that it's come from like this idea this crazy idea that miami deserves something world-class like this to see it on the cusp of being real with 5,000 plus attendees with you know names like mark cuban and then uh it, it's just gonna, it's gonna be a heck of an event so please go to miami nftweek.com that's miami nftweek.com uh and it is miami nft week on all socials and if you enter my promo code i believe it's just my name all caps so it's e-r-i-k L-A-P-A-G-L-I-A. And I think you'll get a sweet little discount on tickets. Um, so that's a gift for you guys. And then also, since I'm plugging, um, please follow me on social. Um, I post on IG, like, uh, you know, minted on Mondays and other assets. So that's Eric Gets Results, E-R-I-K, Eric Gets Results. And then everywhere else, I'm just Eric LaPaglia. So on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, you can find me everywhere. I try and be everywhere, but you know, it's so much. It's a lot. Well, I'm going to have all your links in the podcast episode. Oh, so people back. can, yeah, yeah. So people can find you because we're on all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, even Rumble. Uh, so yeah, we will, we'll have your links to everything. Uh, I will definitely be at this event. Uh, my goal this year for me is to be at more events because, you know, it's not easy to get to all these events, Eric. It's a lot. It's a lot. How do you like, by the way, um, you know, traveling all over and, and getting to these events? Uh, people often ask me where I live, and I normally say, like, seat 3A in the front of the plane, <laughs> um, because it's the truth. It's like, yeah. you have to. Um, you, you, proximity is power. And so yeah. you can study all you want, but until you're actually in it and you yeah. roll up your sleeves and you're putting on an event or you're meeting people at events or speaking on panels or presenting – that's how you really get exposed to what's next in this space. And so it, it's the price of admission. And if you're on the fence, like pick an event and it doesn't have to be in Dubai. Yeah. There's one yeah. I promise you one event I didn't talk about that's coming up in May is uh, NFT Atlanta. So I'll be there speaking as well. Like there are a lot of, and it doesn't even have to be these massive conferences either. There are meetups in every city mm. in the globe right now. I was mm -hmm. speaking last week or a week and a half ago now out in my buddy Sean Kelly, uh, his event in Vegas. And it was like 700 people. And it was awesome. That, yeah. Do they, are? I mean, are do some of these events pay you to speak and others don't? Or because I always wonder about that. There's a lot of speakers at some of these events. Because my, my time is money. Listen, you're you're valuable or is it because you're just it's the networking and the power and the exposure of being at these events that outweighs all of that other stuff the social digital currency 
Uh, yes, to both. I mean, that's just how it works in this world. Um, I'm such, you use the word and it's on my bio, I'm an evangelist for the space. Like, I would talk about this this poor woman yesterday in the airport lounge. I think you know, <laughs> she, she was a noob. She doesn't know crypto, no Web3, but she works for a video conferencing platform, a publicly traded one that should be looking at metaverse integration mm, or how mm-hmm. to embrace Web3. And so I was just giving her my two cents and like that I do that all of the time. Me all too, Eric. Where yeah. I do too. I mean, I the I see the opportunities are endless. You know, I look at the I'm very big manifestation uh, mindset, law of attraction person for many years. And that's my background actually. So I see the metaverse as an extension of manifestation. And I actually see the metaverse as a very powerful manifestation tool because I believe that when we can see something and we can see the visual, it can only help bring our manifestations in our real life, you know, faster. So I talk about this to everybody as well. And I know I see everything as an NFT now, like that's how I'm actually going through life. I'm like, does that car dealership realize that if they get in the NFT game right now, they could like triple their sales? Like, that's how I see things right now. It's so funny. Where focus goes, energy flows. And so I very much agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's just an exciting time. And I'm so, you know, and the the world is better because you're you're helping. um, You're such a big part of this industry. Uh, you're you're clearly such a warm, inviting, and intelligent person, and you're bringing so much good energy into this space. I cannot wait to continue to support what you're doing, and um, and really, honestly, I look forward to having you back on here soon, so we can get into more of what's happening. And who knows, will who knows what will have unfolded in the next few weeks from from today? You know, you never know because it's just changing so quickly. But there Absolutely. are. There are opportunities for everybody, right? Well, I can't thank you enough again for having me. This is, I can't believe this time has gone so fast, but um, I'd be honored also to come back and just tell you about everything else that's happened after Miami NFT, but uh, you're the best. I really just thank you a thousand times over. Oh, Eric, thank you so much. And by the way, so wherever you see this episode, please be sure to click on the links, check out Eric's bio, his Instagram, uh, Miami NFT, um, NFT Miami. I want to say the right, I want to say in the right, NFT Miami, Miami NFT week. Miami NFT online at MiamiNFTweek.com. Okay. And we're going to get, we're going to get a lot of people there from this podcast and we're going to share it. So thank you so much, Eric. Can't wait to see you very, very soon. And I appreciate you and we will back be back here tomorrow. Thank you. Bye everybody.